happy Monday, my fabulous vibers. Welcome back to my podcast, where I believe that every woman deserves the freedom to craft the life she wants and the guts to go after it. We will share stories, facts, and opinions on various aspects of life to give you that kick in the butt to light you up and spread killer vibes every day, 24-7. Today, we are so, so excited to be talking about a topic that I think a lot of people um, talk about with their friends and talk about with people that they trust, but they never really, really bring it out in the open. And it's the male versus female bosses edition. (laughs) And so, you know, I think a lot of people tend to think that you know, there's a certain way that, you know, things are going to be. And when they go and they work with someone, it's going to be a certain way. And then they realize, you know, that uh, they're, the stereotypes are not necessarily um, what everybody thinks that they are. But let me tell you a little bit about um, some statistics that I found. Um, back from 1953, we talked a little bit about in 1953, Gallup asked, Two and third, two and three Americans said they would prefer a male boss. This is 1953, by the way. This is back in the Mad Men times. Yeah. Oh, so let me just say that my husband Rusk is here today as my guest. He is everybody's favorite guest, by the way. Everybody sends me messages about Rusk. So, hello, I'm back. <laughs> Welcome back, man. It's Friday, 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. I am enjoying the 2016 Italian Sicilian wine. It's a frappato. It's from southeastern Italy. For those of you that don't like oaky wines, I'm just going to throw <laughs> this in there. This is a fantastic wine. It's made from concrete. It's made fermented in concrete and stainless steel. Oh, gosh. Really good. So let's say real quick, congratulations on your level two. Thank you. W-S-E-S-E-T. W-S-E-T, right? W-S-E-T. So yeah. tell us a little bit of what that is it's before wine, we get going. It's a wine and spirits education trust. It's an internationally okay. accredited program. Uh, for folks like myself, mostly that come from very different industries that wanted yeah. to put some, uh, you know, accreditation behind the wine mm-hmm. so we can, you know, I guess you can say talk shit. <laughs> you know, it's not the sommelier track because it does not involve a service component. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't interested in serving other people. I was mostly interested in serving myself. <laughs> which so, you do, by the way. Which I do. Very, very. I, 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 served, I served you too. Right? I, served you too. I also serve friends very, and family. And very well to do that. I did sign up for level three, which starts in January, and that's mm-hmm. that's the real deal. So. And you know what? I think a part of the conversation today when we're talking about bosses is you've always been your own boss. So you've always determined what you wanted to do in terms of your time and your leadership style. And I think one thing that you decided when you semi-retired, because you're not really retired, you're semi-retired, is you wanted to take some classes in something that you really were interested in. And so learning about wine, um, learning about the regions, you're super fascinated by Italy right now. And I think it's something that it really inspires. You're very passionate about that, and you really do live the life of um, of someone who's learning and a lifelong yeah. learner. By the way, yeah, yeah, I love that. Thank you. So, hon, we're talking about bosses today, which is something you're pretty familiar with because you've always been a boss. You've never had a boss. I think I'm probably your boss, and that's something that um. You would definitely yeah. say I don't know about that, but I would say yeah, I am. Anyway. 
1953, two in three Americans said they would prefer a male boss. This is 1953. This is back in the Mad Men times. You know, we love that show. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don Draper was everybody's favorite boss. So 5% said they would prefer a female boss with 25% of the of the people volunteering to say that it made no difference to them, whether it was a male or a female. But beginning in 1982, we're moving forward a few more years, sentiments shifted and greater numbers of Americans said they would prefer a female boss or said that the boss's gender really didn't matter to them. In more recent years, we're talking now the 2000s, a, plural, a plurality of Americans have volunteered that gender makes no difference to them, but the preference for a male boss among those who have a preference has been observed in every poll. And this is a question we've been asking for years and things that we've encountered as we work out in the field, we work out in the world. Um, who makes the better boss, the men or the women? And when I posed this question to you, babe, you this morning said, I don't like that question. I don't want to talk about who's better, who's not better. It's different for you. You don't like pitting people against each other. Why is that? Well, pitting people doesn't uh, necessarily, uh, it's not effective. I was a boss for 20 years in my own business. And to a certain extent, I, I still kind of am a boss. I had... Uh, you know, it's not uh, it's 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 not conducive to making an efficient working environment. I mean, there is a little bit of there's obviously there's a competitive nature in certain situations, but it has to be from a healthy competitive standpoint. And you know, getting people to be antagonistic toward each other is just kind of common sense. It's just not going to uh, you're going to create a lot of vitriol, and it's and it's going to it's a step back. It's not a step forward. But why do you think that so many people still, uh, until today, say that they prefer a man as a boss? I I think that's just a lot of traditional cultural upbringings. I think that's something that uh, as a... Uh, I think the society hasn't evolved to the point where they're completely comfortable. And I think it's just a lack of maybe understanding the changing times and the benefit of having a female boss. It's the same mentality as folks that have, you know, probably have discrimination against one race versus another. Yeah. Ultimately, I remember reading yeah. years ago. Gender discrimination. Yeah, it's the same. I think mm -hmm. it's the same mentality. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, our DNA is separated, I believe, by 1% or maybe one-tenth of 1%. Mm -hmm. So we are all genetically alike, except for that very minor mentality. It's mind-boggling to me how we the think The XY versus the... XX. Well, yeah, that's that's just a gender that's just a gender <laughs> determination. I'm talking about actually what separates us from other yeah. other living organisms. Yeah. Right? Okay. So it's uh, and so it's mind-boggling to me to think that a woman couldn't be a boss or somebody of a minority, Hispanic or an African American mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. an Asian American can't be a boss because yeah. of, and that's just that's just purely just something that's ingrained based on based on societal pressures in your upbringing. That and is, your upbringing. There's, there's no scientific mm -hmm. proof behind any of that yeah so and it kind of goes back to the reasons why i think it's been difficult for women to kind of tap into the the highest levels of the hierarchy in terms of corporate in terms of what we're seeing women reaching the the levels of ceos or the levels of you know the highest leadership 
positions. And I think it has a little bit to do about us just really, really beating down some of those stereotypes and some of those things that we think that female bosses are going to be. They're going to be moody. They're going to be all over the place. They're going to be consumed by their families or kids' problems are going to be, you know, their, their business problems. But I think that I think as we go along, we realize that a lot of times women really do tend to be great multitaskers. Women tend to really be very versatile. They see a bigger picture in terms of their employees' lives. But before I get to talking as about women as, as bosses and, and the differences, I want you to tell us a little bit about what you sense in terms of an, as a boss and how you approached your leadership style with your with your employees. Well, number one leadership for me was to listen. Uh, there is obviously a natural disconnect between the boss's world and the folks that work for him, his employees, his uh, crew whatever you want to call it, what they see and then what you see and how you take an approach to a problem is different than how they take approach to the problem. So in order for a situation or for a boss to be effective, he has to be a good listener. He cannot possibly think yeah. that he is the end all be all know it all. Yeah. And if you follow the coaches or you follow other you know, politicians or leaders or heads of major corporations, they'll all tell you the same thing. You must listen first and foremost. If there's some, if you're, if you're the CEO of a fortune 500 company and a factory yeah. plant manager is telling you that they're having issues with this particular production problem of, of their production. Yeah. And you just simply tell them, I know better. That's not in the, that's not a good boss. So number one, a boss has to be a leader. Number two, has to be a good listener. Good, I'm sorry. It has to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. Number two, boss has to be a good communicator. You can't, you can't hide things. You have to, I, me personally, my style, I'm an upfront candid kind of guy. Yeah. I kind of wear my emotions on my sleeves. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I think it's important that everybody knows what you're thinking and everybody knows and you know what they're thinking and you're constantly moving towards that goal. Uh, number three is don't let ego get in the way. Right. Ego, ego and pride to me are some of the worst things that the worst characteristics a boss can possibly have. You must always see the bigger picture. You must always weigh the pros and cons. You must always see the world in the gray. You can never see the world in the black and white. It's not either or. It's not in the, it's not in the tyrant. It's not in the tyranny of or. It's in the liberation of and. How can you work effectively yeah. with those that are working for you? How can you work effectively with your clients? Uh, or vice versa. It, and there has to, and number, number four, I think I lost track of my number four. Number, five. Yeah, no, you're number four. four is flexibility. Yeah. I think you have to be flexible and understand, you know, that kind of is kind of a segue from number three is that gray world mentality is that flexibility is key. And, you know, any kind of, you know, staunch uh, or steadfast approach to something I think in the short term might be a good idea, mm-hmm. but in the long term, you must always adapt to change, which is number five. Change is important. Times change, industries change, evolve, evolve right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the reason why um, you personally, as a boss, had a really good um, track record with really having 
employees stay with you yep. for long periods of time, like years. Right. And when they left, I remember them coming back and asking you, hey, can we get back in? Yep. Like, we really like your style. But I think part of it is just understanding that their point of view was important and you did not diminish where they came from. You right. understood where they came from and you apply that in terms of, right. of a boss. Well, yeah, you, I always saw the value of yeah. what their talent was able to bring. Right. And the personal pet peeves or the personality class you know, we're all human and we all yeah. wake up and yeah. we have our emotional days and some days we have good days and some days we have bad days and sometimes you can have a really bad day and that can that can go awry and then you lose an employee. Yeah. And, and uh, but what I always, always thought that I never had pride where you quit on me. Yeah, you decided to go try your hand somewhere else. I'm never taking you back. If you if you were talented at what you did. It goes back to pride. Right. You I, didn't have pride. I, I took you back because if you, you had, took your ego right, out of the situation. Because if you were able to put yeah. your talent or value back into the into the process, into the business, then it's uh it had made it made no difference to me how we ended up. Mm -hmm. It always makes a difference to me where are we going forward. You can never look back. Yeah. It's just it's 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 you know, it's important. It's like yeah, I'm a history buff and what they teach you in history is it never repeats itself, but it does rhyme. And the thing is, it's important to know the past so you don't repeat in the future. It's that old, old adage we teach our kids. It's OK to mistake. Just don't repeat at the same time. Yeah. It's not anything sophisticating. It's a rudimentary, you know, philosophy, but it, it gets applied so many times in this world. And I think people get too hung up yeah. on, on the mistakes and they have a hard time moving forward. I mean, can you imagine, let's say, the great athletes in this world is something that comes to my mind, like a Serena Williams or, yeah, uh -huh. or uh -huh. some other female athletes uh, that came to my mind. And the, the one time they, they didn't win a tournament or they got beat by a lower seed player or they're having a bad game. How many times you must rise again the next morning and shake that off? Because the greats shake it off. The good ones... Yeah, they dwell on it. They can't. You can't beat yourself. It up. becomes a mental game. It it's becomes, a mindset it, it's, game. It's all. It's, it's all, all strategy and right. it's mindset. And I think the old way of looking at things as female bosses, emotional female bosses being irrational, female bosses being hormonal. I think men, especially men who are married, realize that their women are pushing through hormones. We're pushing through issues. We're right. pushing through bullshit that happens in the house. Our kids are acting cray-cray and we're still going to work and we're still performing and we're still there and we're still doing things. So for me, it just sort of becomes a little bit astonishing that so many men still don't see women as in, in leadership roles, right. still think that the woman is going to be right. irrational, hormonal, um, emotional, which honestly, a lot of times the guys that live with us know that we push through all, all those things and still perform at the end of the day. We're looking at the bigger picture. We're looking at, okay, what do we need to get done? We push through all of that. Even in moments when we're just feeling super down and shitty and horrible about ourselves, we get up and we go and we move. And the guys see that. Our sons see it. You, Our husbands see that. So to me, it's really astonishing that they still would not vote for a woman leader or right. still feel, mm, I don't know, maybe she's going to have a day when she's right. acting irrational. I, I, and honestly, right. from the last right. four years, we can see that right. men can just right. be irrational, yes, can be crazy, yep. can be nutty and posting dumb shit all day, every day on Twitter. 
we can see that women are not the ones that are the crazy, irrational, emotional people. No, I had, you know, like I had mentioned before, I had a business for 20 plus years and I had, I had 10 employees and they're all men. They're all guys. They're all, they range in age from early twenties up to late, you know, fifties, early sixties. And every single day I can't recall, well, I can't recall a day where there wasn't a male employee yeah. that didn't have some kind of emotional issue going on. <laughs> right. And so of course there's that biological difference of women in their cycles every month, but every woman yeah. still, every woman handles those cycles differently. Some handle it with, with less deal and some, uh, some handle it with more emotional, you know, baggage, but men also have baggage too. Yeah. And, and it's, and because they're human yes. as well. And so I think it's simply a societal hang up. It's a societal, uh, it's an imparted societal indoctrination that, that women are not emotionally capable of being leaders. And I find that to be, I find that to be extremely primitive and regressive because even if your wife, for example, your girlfriend mm -hmm. is a stay at home mother or a stay at home yeah. wife and she, and you guys have kids yeah. and raising kids is yeah. now, now that I've been home for about two and a half years, I think it's, I think it's more challenging than it is to run a business. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. So that takes leadership qualities as well. That takes yeah. emotional stability as well. And, and yeah. that, that's a different form of leadership simply because you're not, uh, uh, bringing in money or you're not inside a for-profit business that that's just a different form of leadership it's a different form of a, being a boss right and that kind of brings me back to why women bosses have a little bit of an um of an edge or they have a little bit of leverage is because a lot of them have to deal with home issues work issues and they have to balance it all together oh, yeah. and make it work somehow because they ultimately, at the end of the day, want to make some money. Yep. I think there's this idea that men are so money oriented or like they have the whole capitalistic viewpoint and women really just want to make everybody happy. And women just no women come with the real sense of like, yeah, I'm going to make money. Profit becomes something they want to do. ROI is in their mind all day, every day. And what are they doing to cut costs? What are they doing to hire the best people? What are they doing to make sure somebody shows up, you know, every single day? And I think for me, for my perspective and somebody that's hired younger, younger people and younger generations, um, you know, it hasn't been easy for me just because I come from a, from a line of people that, you know, don't make excuses. You go into work, even when you're sick, you go into work, even when you feel like shit. Um, even if you had a situation at home and everything went to fire, you still go into work and you put on a happy face. But on the other side, you know, you're the boss. So you have to take into consideration the, the life of the, of the of the employee, the life of those kids that are coming in and um and are canceling on you, aren't saying, "Hey, I'm not feeling good. I'm not coming in." And in my mind, I'm like, oh, "Okay, I don't feel good either, and I'm here. Why can't you just get out of bed and force yourself to go to work?" But at the same time, I think it's a part of being a boss is having an understanding for our employees, having an understanding for where they're coming from and what they're doing. Um, and it's not easy. It really takes a lot of introspection and some self-awareness to just kind of step back a little bit and be like, okay, 
I'm not that person, but I can understand that that's who you are. And where can I bring you in so that we don't lose you as a productive employee of the company or the business or whatever we're doing? And I would just like to add on a slightly different note as being a little bit of an armchair historian. I know somebody's going out there and probably cherry pick some evidence an isolated case, but I don't recall a female leader around the world and somebody that comes to my mind, the Chilean president, uh, Michelle Blanchet, and then there was, uh, I think it was Hernandez out there in Argentina. And of course there was Angela Merkel in Germany and then there was Margaret Thatcher in England as some names immediately come to my mind. I don't recall any of them going to war. So that just kind of tells you that oh, interesting. that just kind of tells you that women are obviously more thoughtful, more diplomatic and mm-hmm. probably see a situation. And not to say that Argentina and Chile are in the position to go to war. Of course, Margaret Thatcher had her little skirmishes with the Falcon Islands. But I'm talking about major conflicts that were world changing. They were all constructed and, and devised by men. I know somebody's probably going to think about Thailand out there and the, the leader with her racial uh, cleansing with the Rouhani people, but there, there's no perfect situation. There's no perfect analogy and there's, mm-hmm. there's always going to be anomalies yeah. to the deal, but overall, for the most part, you know, it's, it's not, uh, I can't, I think there's a great quality and attribute to having your woman leader or your woman boss. And I've, sympathy, I think is one of them. I think diplomacy is another one. And I also believe that uh, there are a lot better listeners than men. I think men have a lot of gigantic ego for my dealings with them. It's my way or the highway and my dealings with women. I think if you can give a good rational point, I think they are better at incorporating or understanding that point than men are. That's just, that's personal experience. Yeah. You know, but going back to the male versus female, it just tends to be that the men have a better, uh, the men have a, have, have an easier an easier time asking for raises, have an easier time going in and asking for the project. Um, Women have a sense of like, I have to prove myself. I have to have the perfect resume before I can apply for a job. Um, And I think that, I think that will change over time. I think as society becomes more accepting of, uh, becomes more accepting of women in leadership roles, yeah, it will not become, yeah, it will not become as alien to women or as difficult for them to ask for their value, their worth, and their contributions to whatever they're doing. So it's not. Uh, and I think a part of it is us raising our kids to be really um, open-minded about male-female roles. Right. I know that we have two boys, and I think one thing we definitely. Um, are very careful about is making sure that the boys know that the women have just an important value as the men. Uh, and we are not raising them to be little patriarchal boys where right. you know, the wife has to be at home and yeah. she has to be taking care of the family. I think it's really about raising our kids to right. be more open and understanding of, you know, what the women in their life bring to the table and what the men in their life bring to the table. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, that's. I think nothing drives me crazier than the old traditional. Yeah, me uh, too. Husband goes to work from nine to five, and the woman stays. At, the wife stays at home and raises the kids. I think we're past that, and there's no going back. Unless, unless for some, you know, dystopian reason, uh, we end up in a society that way, and it's very possible with this president. But it's not. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, 
I don't think that's, I don't think we're going back to that. No. And by the way, the men have just an important, as, as an important role in, in raising those boys and raising those kids and providing that nurture. Even if you're a single mom, finding the male role model where those kids can also become, you know, uh, uh, instructed by somebody of the opposite sex and, you know, male, female, and having that balance and just providing that balance for those kids. I think it's so important. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. It's because, 2020, right. but sometimes you look right. at things in the news and you're like, "Wow, right? Are we seriously in the 1950s?" Yeah, it's, it's, it's well with this president, we're definitely in the 1950s. It's, astonishing. Uh, he obviously wants to go back to that time, and that's what makes him. That's what he understands. That's what makes him comfortable because he's. I like to say this for those of folks that probably agree with Trump, but he's an inept, uh, poorly read, poorly informed individual. That yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, is a, you know, is a narcissist, but that kind of also leads to my other point is that yeah. is I have some friends that are very patriarchal and they're, they expect their wives to stay at home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that they just, and it's, it's mind boggling to me as they have higher educations and master's degrees from prestigious universities that they don't yeah. have the mental capacity <laughs> to understand, yes. to understand, uh, they understand this, the science behind having a male role model particularly for daughters and for and for sons and the, and the mother the mother's role model for uh, sons and daughters are very different yeah. they they all contribute a different value mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a different uh, outlook and a different perspective uh, you know the father's the father's relationship with the son is different than the father's relationship with the daughter that's just in, in reality and, and yeah. vice versa so absolutely Absolutely. And that's part of why I wrote my book a few years ago is was because um, fathers were not taking on that 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 role of being an example for their girls. I think they just decided they were going to be the ones that were going to set down the law and say, you're not going out. You're not doing this. You're not wearing that as opposed to being a listener and sitting down and being like, "Okay, what is it that is bothering you and how can we figure it out and how can we work? It together, you know, and I think this is one thing that we definitely have to touch upon as we discuss men versus women. It's the role of our upbringing and yeah. our parents. Yeah. Every time we confront a situation, whether or not you were raised in a patriarchal family, and then you 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 treat your wife like a second class citizen, or were you raised in a family that considered women just as important in society as the men? Yeah. And I grew, I grew, you know, I grew up in a very patriarchal family. My father is a pre-baby boom. Uh, father, yeah. uh, model, role model. Well, I guess say role model, but I'm, I'll probably take that back. And in certain ways, he was. He role was model. a role model. Was, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But he grew up in a pretty boom in the Middle East and very patriarchal region of the world. And that's, but my mother did as well. She also grew up in that uh, mentality in the Central Europe. So it wasn't alien to her, but mm-hmm. she has kind mm-hmm. of evolved over the years to understanding the role of the women in the workplace and in society has trained dramatically uh, and so it's 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 just it's it's necessary i mean it it, it makes for a, a more equitable society i understand i have you know i just want to jump back on a little bit on that that trump component real quick because 
uh, to this conversation yeah. is that a lot of folks like Trump because of the economics, the lower taxes. It's a single issue aspect for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think there, there's, you know, people probably listening to this, my business buddies are like, oh, you're crazy because, you know, you talk about money all the time. But I also, yeah. I'm also good at complementalizing between money and relationships and friendships and not, not conflating all of them together. You know, together. Mm-hmm. So, Sure, money's important, but I I take I take I take money as as a, as a measure of success. I don't take money as as the only measure of success. My relationships and my friendships with people come first and foremost. Sure, money makes life more comfortable and it does give you some uh, more latitudes. Uh, and more comforts in life, but it's not the end all be all. Yeah. I think that you yeah. have to have a family and I think you have to have good relationships to understand that money can make people do strange things in relationships yeah. and in friendships. It ruins, so, it ruins families. Right? Be- because the wealthiest yeah. people are not necessarily the happiest. They're not. People, yeah. Right? You think, can tell. Right. Just from viewing. And, and I, I have visited, anger. We, we visited Africa. Ooh. We visited India. No, yeah. Not, we, we visited, visited some, some of the poorest countries in the world. world. Yeah. And those are not the happiest people. So it just goes, it's just. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They're not the happiest? No, no, they, I'm sorry. They, they are, are the some of the happiest. There's some of the yeah, happiest people. Some of the happiest people, with, yeah. With some, some of the most content. Yeah. Some of the most content people yeah. with the yeah. least amount. With the least amount of, of money. material that they and have. Material. Yes, yeah. material is, it makes you happy, but to a certain extent. And I had a great economics professor that has said this, and I think women are much better at this than men are, is being able to balance the two. Men, men value their success and their material, their house, their cars, how they can get their woman you know, to look good and, and dress in a nice car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's their value of success, yeah, and I think yeah. that's kind of shallow because mm-hmm. I think there's a wider net of success than simply how you look at a restaurant pulling up in a car. Sure, mm-hmm. I like that too, but that's not the end all be all. Right? No, I, yeah. There's still you still have to work hard and you still have to be a good person, and it's not it's not individualism. It's no. not just about me. Yeah. We live in a society. Of the collective. Of the collective. Of the collective. Right. And I think ultimately the things that we learned along the way in our travels and what we've seen is that happy people enjoy in the collective a happiness of yes. everybody else. It's right. not just about themselves. It's just not about it. It's not narcissism. It's not about what you did for yourself and, oh, look at me. I'm so great. I know everything. No, you don't. Yes. You don't know everything. You're learning along the way and you're becoming a better person as you go along. So as I'm closing out, the men versus women, which really wasn't men versus women because, honey, I think you are very pro-women. And I think yeah. I love that. I not think it. I know that's what I love about you, you. That, you know, even when I had my low moments, you like, uh, get yourself up and push forward and you got this. You got this. So as we're going through and we're discussing, you know, men versus women, we really isn't a men versus anything. It's really, we are all together. We're all in it together. And let's just figure out a way to work together and, 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 and enjoy the fruits of everything that's that, that we can accomplish um, and be supportive of each other. I think there's one thing that we can definitely talk about is just being supportive of each other, being there for each other and, and seeing each other as a support system and not a competition. Yes, and even just to throw a historical angle into it, it has, the the role of women has evolved 
in society over thousands of years. And it didn't involve for a lot of years in society. You you can start from the time of the beginning of yeah. Christ, right? I mean, from of the early Romans. And women actually had more of an important role in Roman and Greek society. Mm-hmm. And then Europe kind of went to the Dark Ages where it was mostly the male, the kings, and the queens were even... They were they were second class citizens to the kings, and then he went into yeah. he went into the Renaissance period, and that's when it started slowly taking very incremental steps towards the acceptance of women in society. But it wasn't really until the last hundred years, right? Because right? even before Christianity came into this whole existence, it was very goddess influence. Yes, it it was. was very woman influence. Right. We learned a lot about Egypt history and it was very, very yes. heavy on the women. On the female goddesses. Female right. goddesses. And, yeah. and so it actually took a step back during the religious periods, Christianity, Judaism, yeah. Islam, right? The yeah. religions at least. And them. they took on a second role, like right. a, 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 a submissive role. It's now hard to turn that back. So I think the faster we accept women in society, I think the better off we yeah. are because not only of the values that we had mentioned earlier in the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I can't wait for the day that we have a woman leader and we have a woman <sighs> to step in right. in a leadership role, not just as a boss, as a major, major boss, but someone that like leads right. but our it's not, community and but our it's, country. It's not necessarily, it's not a woman leader because that sounds more of the affirmative action type it's and i understand the concept behind the yeah, affirmative yeah, action. yeah i understand that because there's discrimination so affirmative yes, action of course. is the is the answer to that but it's the right woman just like you don't want the wrong man in power yeah, you course. want the right man in power so you have to have yeah. the right woman we can't have we can't have a donald trump version of, of woman <laughs> oh yeah, yeah 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 no, 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 no. That doesn't then matter. it doesn't matter it's their, their gender it's about their value systems right. and their integrity and who what they believe and and who they are in their core yeah absolutely i agree with that you know even today as we're thinking about you know um, our queen, our queen, ours, our our woman, Ruth Bader, and being, you know, substituted by somebody that doesn't follow her values to me is like, oh no, that's not happening. It's not going to be something that I'm going to be okay with. And eh, I don't care if it's a woman. I don't care if it's a man. Honestly, if she's not or he's not upholding the values that I. I loved about, you know, RBG, then honestly, I don't want any of it. I don't want that. It's the, the world yeah. The world needs progress, progressivism. It, 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 it's it's It needs to move forward. To we move cannot forward. keep going back to traditional. And, cons- and conservatives are the yeah. beneficiaries of that, yeah. especially yeah. minority conservatives are mm-hmm. the beneficiaries of progressive, progressivism. Is the Democratic Party thought absolutely not? Is it corrupt? No. No, and I don't think anybody's saying Nobody's it's, saying it's that. perfect. No, nobody's saying it's perfect. No it's one. far from perfect. And there, there are times where a lot, of, a lot of us folks on the left don't necessarily agree with that. But it's, I know. but we need progressive because you can't keep going back in time. No, we're wasting, we're wasting it's time, wasting time, which is, it's exactly which what, is what is. my original point was is that you always have to look forward. You can't look back, but you have to learn from what you uh, did in the past and then just build upon it. Thick skin. <sighs> okay. I think we beat this horse to death or what's the saying? I don't know what the saying is. Anyway. 
I think we've really, really got into the nitty gritty of the male and female boss. I don't think we decided on male versus female, but I think that was where we started. <laughs> but honestly, I'm really grateful that we had a good conversation about the differences and where we see our country moving forward, where we see women moving forward, where we see uh, CEOs really stepping in and becoming um, more influential in our world, in our country, uh, women really stepping into board positions, CEO positions, uh, stepping into leadership positions, vice president positions, uh, senators. So where are we going? I don't know. We hopeful, we're hopeful that it'll be forward and moving forward and progressive. But again, you know, we don't know what, where, where that's going and where it's headed. So all I can say is I'm grateful for you guys being here today and listening in on our podcast and just being a part of it. Leave us a feedback. Leave us a comment. Give us a review. Tell us what you're thinking. If there's a topic you want Rusk and I to approach, uh, let us know. We would love to do that. Our next podcast, by the way, Rusk, if you get off your phone for five seconds, <laughs> it's going to be about uh, intimacy after 20 years of marriage. Oh, oh, boy. oh. You guys are thinking about that one. Gonna have to open two balls. Yeah. Now. Oh <laughs> gosh. Yeah. You know, so it's a little teaser, and we're talking about intimacy. We're gonna be talking about love. We're gonna be talking about connection, communication after a long-term marriage, and something that we definitely know a lot about because we've been in. Twenty-year marriage in November. We're going to be twenty years, so definitely think about that as it's coming up. But I'm grateful for you for being here today. I'm grateful for you for listening in and being a part of this. We are really learning as we go along, so thank you for being patient. Thank you for being a part of it, and see you guys next time. Bye.